lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Back here at HQ. Greetings. Happy Tuesday. Hope you had a great Memorial Day weekend. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I'm back here with Todd and Aaron. Good to see both of you. How are you? Excellent. How are you? I already miss Texas. I got to be honest. I already miss Texas. I mean, I was okay, I guess, but I really miss Texas. Any good barbecue? I didn't have any time for barbecue, man. Those people ran me ragged so, down there. I mean, I, I, I mean, I. So you miss Texas without barbecue? Just think if you add barbecue. Right, right. I did go to like some really nice sports bar uh, that's by the Toyota Center, and I went to. Um, I did get, I, I went to, um, where, where did I go Friday night? Kind of their version, their local version is called the ranch there in Dallas, kind of a local version of a Ruth Chris or a, a Fleming's kind of a place Nice with their Friday night. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean that ribeye was so, yeah, absolutely, steak, yeah. absolutely fantastic. But nonetheless, I will, I will muddle through the first world suffering of doing this show while no longer being in Texas. 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us. You can like us on Facebook as well. It's facebook.com slash stevedace. Follow us on Twitter at Show. And if you're looking for clips of this show that you can sample yourself and then share with others, go to youtube.com slash stevedace. That's youtube.com slash stevedace. The, the one thing I did enjoy about coming home as I don't know if you guys saw, I tweeted about this, but um, Noah decided while I was gone, my son oh, yeah. decided to pull a prank on his two sisters. And so he went into my Wikipedia page and edited it uh, to make it look like I had ranked my, my children, uh, my favorite children, and he was a clear number one. And I mean, the way that he worded it too, uh, Noah's wit and... Uh, familiar looks uh, makes him uh, a, a good a good match, a good father son match or something. Like that. And then he showed it to his sisters and said, "Hey, can you believe this is on Dad's Wikipedia page?" And they lost it. Okay, they lost it. And then Mom ended up figuring out it was a prank. Made Noah go in there and change it back. So uh, she told me on the way back from the airport Saturday, I decided to confront Noah with it yesterday. Um, and I said, Hey, you want to tell me what happened while I was gone? <laughs> Just like that, you know? And he kind of froze and shot me a look. He's like, what, what? I said, you know, do you want to tell me what happened while I was gone? And he's like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done it. I said, what are we talking about? He said, Hey, I, you know, the, the Wikipedia thing. I said, well, first of all, not only are you not in trouble, but that was a masterful troll. Well done, and, good and faithful servant. Yes, and credit for original thinking. The look, the, but just to see how quickly the look on his face instantly changed, made it all worth it. I mean, the, I saw the blood drain from his face in real time. 
50 points for Gryffindor. Yes, and then but then suddenly it looked like he thought he could st- he could say, you know, scale tall buildings in a single yeah. bound, right? So, that was the that was the big highlight. I love how we're getting more home. tales of his deviousness the very year that he enrolled in Christian school. That's <laughs> outstanding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I hadn't thought about that, but thank you <laughs> for thinking of it. Yes. Money well spent. Absolutely. All right, today's show, we are jam-packed. Shelley Luther who became a national cause celeb by refusing to comply with the ridiculous lockdowns in her native Dallas. She's going to join us here at the bottom of the hour. Also, fake news are not coming up uh, next hour as well as Pop Culture Tuesday. We're going to show you a video from Barstool Sports. It is a four-year-old video. It is prophecy. It has perfectly encapsulated the spirit of the age, this moment that is happening in our culture right now. What does America's cold civil war look like? This video nails it. We're going to show that to you coming up next hour of the show. But before we get to all of that, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Church is Essential. Today I'm identifying houses of worship Churches, synagogue, and mosques as essential places that provide essential services. Some governors have deemed liquor stores and abortion clinics as essential, but have left out churches and other houses of worship. It's not right. So I'm correcting this injustice and calling houses of worship essential. President Trump made that announcement late last week as a slew of states are still doing their best to make it hard for congregations to gather. President Trump spent Memorial Day weekend doing the typical presidential stuff, laying wreaths, playing golf, and doing the typical Trump stuff, like tweeting about MSNBC host Joe Scarborough purportedly murdering his former staffer while he was in the U.S. House of Representatives. Fortunately for President Trump, he's going up against this guy, presumably, in November. I'm prepared to say that I have a record of over 40 years and that I'm going to beat Joe Biden. I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. Learning Chinese today, today's phrase is, if you don't let me sniff your hair, you ain't a woman. New York Times op-ed the day before Memorial Day, why does the U.S. military celebrate white supremacy? Coronavirus updates. Researchers at Oxford University say the Wuhan coronavirus is disappearing so quickly, the chances of having a successful vaccine is only around 50%. In case you're wondering how the debate over mask wearing is going, the following video surfaced over the weekend from a grocery store in Staten Island, New York. For those of you listening, what we're watching is a mob of masked shoppers berating and driving out a woman who was not wearing a mask. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer is facing some questions after her husband allegedly asked a docking company in northern Michigan to prepare the family's boat for Memorial Day weekend. Problem is, Whitmer just said days ago Michiganders are not to travel there or basically anywhere in the state for the holiday. Days after teasing mandatory mask wearing in his state, Virginia Governor Ralph Northam could be seen out and about in public without a mask 
taking selfies. New York City has shuttered a $20 million makeshift field hospital designed for COVID-19 after having not seen a single patient. Washington state officials admitted recently they counted some gunshot victims as COVID-19 deaths. Dr. Anthony Fauci now says this. I don't want people to think that any of us feel that staying locked down for a prolonged period of time is the way to go. We can't stay locked down for such a considerable period of time that you might do irreparable damage. Barstool Sports founder Dave Portnoy, your thoughts? What is it, Fauci? Pick a side or at least say you don't know what the you're talking about. That's the problem. That's my whole point. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. Wear masks. Don't wear masks. Stay inside. Don't stay inside. All right. Well, who knows? If nobody knows anything, then what the we doing and finally you may remember mr florida beach grim reaper uh, i'm a huge proponent of public beaches and i've been fighting for that for years but i think that uh, the, the danger of bringing all the people here to our area and spreading the virus and i think it's going to prolong the recovery we have well now he's back on twitter asking for donations so he can buy body bags to hand out to florida beachgoers he said quote beginning next saturday i will have a team handing out free body bags throughout the state of florida beachgoers each body bag costs ten dollars we ordered a few hundred tonight please consider chipping in ten dollars to cover the cost of a body bag for every ten dollar contribution we will be able to order one more to hand out and the panic born never ends and that's what happened while we were away if you're considering donating to the body bag cause for florida beachgoers i might suggest a ministry that i think is right up your alley that you should also consider um, uh, propagating and donating to pastor's name is creflo dollar see me after the program aaron's montage is got to respect that level of grift Stacey Abrams called and said, damn. Aaron's Montage brought to you by Freedom Project Academy. Over the last few months, millions of Americans have been homeschooling their kids and discovering just how badly the government schools have failed them. Maybe it's time to take back your child's education, and Freedom Project Academy is here to help you do exactly that. From the comfort and convenience and safety of your home, your children can receive an accredited classical online education built on Judeo-Christian values for students in K-12. through This is a complete interactive educational experience where students attend live classes with other students across the country. And more importantly, they teach students there how to think, not what to think. If you'd like to learn more, go to freedomforschool.com. That is freedomforschool.com. Request your free information packet today. Enrollment has just begun. And classes are filling up faster than normal because parents are concerned about safety options for the fall. Great opportunity to enhance your child's education while keeping them safe at the same time. Go to freedomforschool.com. Again, that is freedomforschool.com. Coming up in the overtime today, we are going to discuss an ad that the Trump campaign came out with over this weekend that I have never seen from a Republican. And... Wow. Okay. So we're going to discuss that coming up in the overtime today. If you're not yet an overtime subscriber, go to blazetv.com slash days to become one and get a discounted subscription today. If you are, if you're already an over a blaze TV subscriber, just uh, be patient. It'll be posted for you later this afternoon. Blazetv.com slash days. Again, that is blazetv.com slash days. I please, would you please make my day? One of y'all try doing that to me in a store without a mask. Please, please, 
Nobody ever tries this stuff for, with me. Please try it with me. Please. Please. I, I, I long for you to attempt this. Just try it with me, please. None of the good stuff ever happens to me. Try it with me, please. I beg of you. Give it a shot. Let's see what happens. I can't tell what Steve wants here, Todd. I, I, it, it's, it's subtle. That's just another day that ends in Y. It's very, yeah. it's very hard to read the I'm, I'm, I'm hard to read. I'm a hard person to read. Indeed. A lot of what you're seeing in there. You know, we, we're just coming off Memorial Day. And a lot of what you just saw in Aaron's montage, frankly and sadly, isn't really a country worth dying for. It, it's, a, it's a country that is in a sprint to abandon its birthright. And I, I want to share something with you here this morning. What do, what do we mean... When we say, when people like me say that the lockdowns are going to end up killing more people than coronavirus was ever going to. What does that mean? How do we quantify that? I want to do that for you here this morning. Dr. Scott Atlas over at Stanford University has done the research and has itemized in specific detail how the lockdowns are killing us. And we'll go down as the absolute worst management decision in all of American history. Here's some data. We've lost 5% of our gross domestic product, which amounts to $1.1 trillion per month, per month. To put that number in perspective, I went and looked it up. There are only 16 nations on earth with an annual GDP, annual GDP, over a trillion dollars or more, only 16 million, which means in the last few months, we have lost more wealth than the total GDP of just a few of the following countries, Turkey, member of NATO, Saudi Arabia, with all of that oil, Switzerland, with all of that banking, Sweden, Argentina, and Iran, among dozens and dozens of others. Just pause for a moment and contemplate that. We have voluntarily surrendered more of our wealth in the last couple of months than most of the other prominent nations of this planet will accumulate in a year. Think about that. And then think about this. Lost wealth of this magnitude combined with approaching now 40 million unemployed, increases a nation's mortality as much as 50%. To quantify that number for you, that works out to about 65,000 lives lost for every month of the lockdown. Wow. The good news continues. Then there's the lives lost due to the missed health care. Stroke evaluations are down 40%. Strokes didn't just go away, folks. 
They're just not being treated. Half of America's 650,000 cancer patients aren't getting treatments during these lockdowns. Upwards of three-fourths of new cancer screenings are not happening. Boy, those people are in for a surprise in a few months when they finally get screened and find out that they're no longer treatable, no longer operable, or maybe could have avoided a rigorous chemotherapy regimen, and now they can't. Living donor transplants are down 85% compared to last year. Let me repeat that. Living donor transplants are down 85% at this time compared to last year. In total, America has collectively lost more than a half a million years of life from missed treatment delays, missed stroke diagnoses, missed cancer diagnoses, missed child vaccinations. That's more lost years of life than Americans outside of our nursing homes will suffer from COVID-19, and it's not even close. It's not even close. Two-thirds of all of our COVID-19 deaths have occurred in the handful of states that repopulated their nursing homes with the COVID-19 infected. I'll have a video about that tomorrow. And why every one of those people have murdered more Americans than the Viet Cong, Islamic Jihad, and all ought to be in prison. If you have never been in a nursing home, and currently are not, the impact that these lockdowns will have on you compared to this virus and your health, by an order of numerous magnitude, it's not even close. Americans, therefore, must defy these lockdowns to end them all over the country. Several of you have sent me your photos and videos of how you did so over the weekend. Keep it up. Because by defying them, you're not just reclaiming your country. The data shows you're literally saving lives by helping to end them. Finally, I want to show you this. This data, and if you look at New York, that's clearly a lie. But let's look at the other 49 states. Deaths occurring in nursing homes and assisted living facilities through May 22nd, the Friday before Memorial Day. The percentage of deaths in these states that occurred in a nursing home or an assisted living facility. Look at all of those numbers. Here's what it means. Aside from America's nursing homes, coronavirus was just a very bad flu season. That's all that it was. We never had to do these lockdowns. They're the worst management decision of all time. And we shouldn't debate them. We shouldn't obey them one iota anymore. It's now not even about your liberty and your freedom or even your economic well-being. It's literally a matter of life and death. We must defy these lockdowns now to save lives. Gentlemen, your thoughts after walking through some of that data. You know, yesterday, Memorial Day, often on Memorial Day or July 4th, if I have some time, some beach reading, something like that, I'll pick out 
uh, a book that I haven't uh, perused in a long time. And uh, I hadn't uh, dabbled in the Federalist Papers in a while. Pulled those out yesterday. That was a mistake. Uh, there's a reason why the Lockdowns were obsessed uh, over, grabbed onto, idolized. It's because we aren't that people anymore that created this great country. You just see it in how we think about things. We that, that They're dead. They're gone. Uh, if, if we get our country back, it is because we will have fought a new American revolution. Uh, we, we, we simply aren't the people who are able to make first things uh, first things anymore. It was fascinating along the lines of what Steve is talking about this weekend. I saw a great effort to show that uh, uh, Sweden really was a, a disaster. It, it, not not in any way breaking down the data. They, they, Sweden had a, a problem, just like all the states uh, on there. Sweden absolutely had a elder care uh, problem. It, it's lockdown, non-lockdown, that happened. But uh, we, you know, when Steve and I were talking, and Aaron and I were talking before, uh, we even, you know, back in early March, off air, we were talking about old people, heroic measures to save them. Everybody failed along those lines. But it's a fascinating in the need to kill Sweden here just today in real time. Uh, what is his name, Justin Hart? I think putting mm-hmm. out all of the experts in in uh, Europe who did lockdown are now publicly saying lockdowns were a mistake so nice try this weekend on the on on the need to try to uh, this is literally the only country on earth whose leadership beginning with the president himself frankly whose leadership will not admit this we're we're literally the only country on earth that won't do this so you're you're you you tried it's not even sweet it's all of europe now you're going to have to now try to retcon all of europe so you, you did your darn best this is a it's it's not just an invincible ignorance, but it's a malevolent invincible ignorance. So Oz goes up to 11. The, the degree to which the spirit of the age has taken over all things here in 2020, um, it, it, it needs to be reconciled because Steve is absolutely right when he talks about the people that may need to go to prison for this. There's no simply shrugging our shoulders and doing am I bad on all this. There, we are in the midst of a civil war. This was a front in that war and people are dying because of it. Examples need to be made out of some people. An apology simply, while appreciated, not enough. This requires a level, a different level of accountability. Some examples need to be made because there's going to be another one of these and there's going to be more fake models and more fake data because the game plan that was followed here is exactly the same scam we've had with global warming and climate change and rising oceans for the last 30 years. It's just this time the models were so bad that even a lot of scientists who believe in all those things were calling BS on it all along. But don't think they will be deterred by this. Just as just as putting nobody in prison for Russian collusion led to Kavanaugh and just as putting nobody in prison for Kavanaugh led to Ukrainian collusion and on and on and on and on it goes. If you don't hold people accountable, it will just continue on and on and on. All right. This is not the time to spare the rod and spoil the child. This is the time to look at these children and say, you know, this time it's not going to hurt me as much as it's going to hurt you because you've got it coming. This is a time for some trips behind the woodshed. That's what this is a time for. Yeah, this is a, Nuremberg trial stuff, honestly, a a full on accounting 
of the appalling abuse of reason in science in the name of what we will we will ultimately find out sooner or later. I fear it's going to be much later. Just the appalling uh, grift, as Steve often says, that this was that was behind a lot of this nonsense. Yeah. And I on, on the topic of Sweden um, as well, I, I've seen people making the arguments, well, they're they're facing an economic downturn anyway. Yeah, that's a red herring that was baked into the cake almost everywhere across the planet by the end of March, just because of the reaction to it. Uh, and so the, the way our economies are interconnected now, right, right. The, the, it was never about whether or not an economic downturn could be avoided. It was about how to make this one and delve the pain and delve the the sharpness and acuity of this one as fast as possible by reopening the economy. So that's another red herring argument I saw about Sweden as well in recent days. I will say this, though. I don't know about y'all. I think the best thing that I can say about uh, about these lockdowns and about this entire episode over the last uh, two to three months is that um, at least I got my $1,200 check, which is going to be the only Social Security me and my generation and most of the people listening to this will ever <laughs> see. So maybe I should create a, sh- a shirt that says, you know, I survived COVID-19 lockdowns and all I got was this lousy check. So there's that as well. And it sounds like we're going to be getting some more checks as well. Just checks on checks on checks on checks. This this entire episode. I keep saying this. And you want to get really depressed right now? Yeah. <laughs> Let's just throw another shrimp on the barbie. I I made this prediction probably probably a month and a half ago on the Dace group. Now, heck, it might have been uh, on the overtime that I believed what would really send us out of this lockdown fanaticism faster than anything, faster than any cheerleading from President Trump, faster than any great protests in any of these many states where there have been protests, and kudos to them who have gotten out there and protested, faster than anything was the American addiction to largesse. And I think... I think that's actually going to become true just a lot later than I I predicted it. What you're going to see, because of the speed that things are opening up, by the end of this year, we should should still be, be be saying to ourselves what you just said. Where are the examples? Where are the prison doors slamming on the people who are responsible for 81% of deaths in Minnesota? Coming from long-term care facilities, 61 in Washington, 59 in Oregon, 63 in North Carolina, 62, and it goes on and on and on. In October, we should all be asking ourselves still, if there has been no justice for the people responsible for those decisions, we should still be asking ourselves, why aren't the prison doors slamming on these people? Here's the depressing thing. We've got this prison cells I'm, empty now. Yeah, we've got prisons. Here's the depressing thing that I'm, I, I, I'm getting to. That large S... Once we start getting that going again, we're going to be thinking, oh, yeah, uh, wasn't uh, wasn't the Vegas shooter shooting earlier this year? Oh, yeah, that was this year. What's on TV tonight? Because the same impulse that it gets addicted to fear is actually, I think, the same impulse that uh, that is addicted to the large S. If that makes sense, I, I, I think the. The overwhelming majority of Americans are just 
unmoored or are just uh, like a weather vane. So I think by the end of the year, a lot of people are going to be thinking, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, that was earlier this year. That should be, that should be the most, uh, one of the most alarming things, uh, alarming takeaways of this entire ordeal. That we as a people, uh, to Todd's point, we as a people just are not capable, so it seems, of self-government. There are still enough, there are still enough that, uh, that the, uh, enough people who are willing to tr- try to find the truth that we have been able to dig ourselves out to some degree and will continue to do so. But it would have happened a lot sooner if we were the people that Todd just described uh, in, the, in the founding of our country. I mean, I was, I was watching a video yesterday of a barber on the Capitol steps in my old home state of Michigan getting her Miranda rights to her, read to her by a cop for giving somebody a haircut. If you're that cop, man, you're a douchebag and shame on you. You're not worthy of that badge. Take it off your chest. You're a bitch. You're a punk. You're a bitch for the state. That's what you are. Maybe change into a brown shirt instead. Maybe change from to protect and to serve and to just follow in orders. You're not, you're not, you're not worthy worthy of that calling because it's going to be people like you whatever it is the next time see they they these governors can't carry out these edicts on their own they need people like you people like you collecting a paycheck while 40 million americans are unemployed to go down and read miranda rights for a woman cutting a guy's hair Go intercourse yourself with that. Get the hell out of my country. That ain't America. More in a moment. So unless you're a total wuss and plan on self-isolating forever, you're going to need to be around other people again. And one of the best ways to avoid getting sick is with a healthier immune system all year round, which is why you ought to be taking Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition because one scoop of Field of Greens is a full serving of real USDA certified organic fruits and vegetables, which boosts energy and supports a healthy immune system. If you're out of shape and don't eat healthy, your risk is higher. It's as simple as that. Plus a diet full of rich, uh, full of rich, Rich fruits and vegetables can reduce your risk of heart disease, hypertension, stroke, even cancer. And Field of Greens is also loaded with prebiotics and probiotics. That's important because the largest the largest immune system in the whole body is in the gut. So just one scoop in a, any kind of water-based drink and stir it and you are good to go. And right now you can save 15% off your first order with the offer code Steve at BrickHouseSteve.com. 15% off of your first order with the offer code Steve at BrickHouseSteve.com. And if you decide to subscribe and have this shipped to you anywhere in the country every single month, you're going to save 10% every month for doing that too. BrickHouseSteve.com, promo code Steve. That's Brick steve.com promo code steve well she was a bit of a spark uh that that uh, inspired others to follow suit around the country she joins us now here on blaze tv radio and podcast shelly luther is our guest shelly my name is steve dace it's a pleasure to have you with us today how are you 
Thanks. I'm great, Steve. How are you? I'm a little better. I could be a little better, but I could be a lot worse. You know how it is. All right. So, yeah. Shelly, tell us before we get into your story, who are you? I'm always fascinated. I think because a lot of people in our audience are like, I couldn't do that. Well, I didn't go to this school or I don't have this platform. You know, I, I, what do I do? I get emails from people all the time. What, what can I do? Right. Well, who's, who's Shelly? What, what, how, what led you down the road to ending up on the Steve Day show here today? What, what, what's your background? Um, well, I was, uh, my dad's a master gunny sergeant or was a master gunny sergeant in the Marines. He retired. Um, he was in there uh, 26 years. Um, and I went to college on a softball scholarship. Um, and then I ended up getting a teaching certification, um, in Texas and I taught for over 10 years. And then I got out of teaching, um, just wanted to try something different. So I went to makeup school and uh, kind of opened up my own salon, redid it myself um, from the ground up. And then I ended up in court being asked to, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what. <laughs> so, so in other words, take away the, 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 the athletic exploits where well, you're, you're good enough to, to play collegiate sports that, that, that one less than 1% of Americans a, 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 a obtain that level of academic prowess or athletic prowess. The rest of your was story good. though, what's that? Don't say what are. <laughs> I Kay. was Kay. I'm a lot older, <laughs> but, but the rest of your story, dad was in the military I was a teacher, um, tried to decided to become an entrepreneur. That's really not, that's a pretty typical American story, right? The rest of your story, which means what you did, others could do and follow suit. And I think you, you have inspired others to do, uh, similar, particularly in my old home state of Michigan, where this is going on right now as well. So you decided to reopen your business down in Dallas, despite the lockdown order. Tell us why. Um, there were several reasons why, um, but obviously the biggest reason were, you know, were, were financial, not just me, my hairstylists um, were really in a bind. And especially the ones that were just kind of starting out um, that are fresh out of school, they don't have a lot of savings, um, kind of living day by day on what they made that day. Um, and when you're going that long without making any money, obviously it starts to put you in a bind. Um, one of the other reasons was um, I had some of the hairstylists saying that they needed to go underground and go to people's houses to, in order to, you know, make ends meet. And that kind of was the final decision for me. I just woke up one morning and said, I've got to open the salon. Um, I wanted it to be obviously um, a way more sanitary place um, than going to people's houses. And I didn't want to be part of the problem of spreading the virus. I wanted to be a solution. I think that's one of the ironic things here is that creating a black market. Um, the idea that you're going to get people just for indefinite periods of time to give up their skills, their, their purpose in life, not to mention meeting their most uh, basic needs um, just for an indefinite period of time without creating a black market. It's like no one ever read about prohibition. Uh, and that's, that's a far worse environment than at least if we know where people are going and doing these uh, activities, we, we uh, can assume there's some level of, of oversight, some level of sanitization that's going on and things of that nature. I think that's a, that's a point that's been lost in a lot of this, but did you, did you count did you count the cost? Did, did you think you were going to become a national story when you did this? Absolutely not. Um, this is all pretty overwhelming to me. And honestly, this is how out of it I am, I guess. I, I opened my salon not even knowing that I would be probably one of the first or the first, 
you know, out loud saying, I'm just going to open my business. Um, all I was thinking about were my stylists at the time and what I could do to help them. They, you know, the government kept pushing back the date that we would open and the, none of the stimulus money employment in Texas was horrible, is horrible still as far as trying to get in touch with them. Um, small business loans weren't replying back at the time. And so um, I really had no choice. And when all of this started to happen and the, the news cameras started to come, that's when I started to realize, wow, this is a little bit bigger than what I thought it was. Did you think there was a chance that, hey, it's Texas and yeah, we're being cautious, but in the end, man, it's friggin' Texas. I mean, I'm not going to get arrested in the end for, you know, nobody's going to actually try to enforce this stuff. And a lot of it is they're just asking us to do this to help them flatten the curve in our hospitals. And at some point, we just have to take it upon ourselves. There's no way that we're, they're going to treat me like they would say in California. Did you, did you think that at all? Um, no, not really at the beginning. I'm like, how could they fault us for, you know, wanting to feed our family that, I mean, we have no other choice, but the other factor in this, is, um, you know, other big box stores are open, the pet grooming stores open. And if they felt that those were safe enough to go into, why couldn't a completely sanitized salon be open? That's, that's a question we've asked a lot on this show is how come I cannot catch coronavirus at Costco, but I can going to my barber. Does, do you know the answer to the, any of those kinds of questions? Were you able to, to, to get anybody to answer uh, no. them for you? No, because that's discrimination, actually. So, no. When the police came, tell us what happened. Um, the police first, well, TDLR, which is our Texas licensing regulation for um, businesses. Um, and they, they called me the night before I opened because obviously I made it known that I was going to open. I didn't want to hide from it and feel guilty about it. So they called and said, if you open tomorrow, police are going to come. And I'm like, well, I'm opening tomorrow because we don't have a choice. Um, so the police came in the morning early, like right after I opened and they ordered, they gave me a citation, um, basically just for being open against the ordinance. But honestly, the police were, almost embarrassed that they had to give me that citation. They were they were not wanting to give me that. I was going to ask that because ultimately a governor or I think people around the country, I had to learn this, Dallas County where this went down has a unique local governing system where like a judge is like a super mayor, kind of a potentate down there, right? It's a weird local well, governing system you have there. Weird is a nice word, Steve, actually. <laughs> like, weird is the nicest word I can think of right now. It's tyrannic and really corrupt, actually. So, weird, I guess, is nice to say. But he can have all the authoritarian meanderings and imaginings that he would like. It's going to require somebody with a badge to carry that out, right? They're, they're gonna, they, he's not coming down right. there to give you a citation. Someone else lower down the food chain has got to decide that I got to feed my family and the way I'm going to do it is ticketing poor uh, salon owners like you, right? Right, as they're releasing others from you know jail and, and they made a law, I think in Dallas or in Texas, I'm not sure that um, even shoplifters, as long as it's under $700, they're not even going to get a ticket or a fine. So you go so you before steal. You, you go really it is a license to steal exactly you go before the judge he says hey you recant like this is some kind of religious tribunal you you, you recant your statements against the church all right um and 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 if you do that you can walk scot free you're like I'm not doing that what was their reaction mm -hmm. when you didn't do that 
Um, I think the judge was pretty surprised. Um, he wasn't really paying attention to me when he, when I was speaking, when he asked me, you know, if I had anything to say, he was shuffling papers as everyone saw. But when I said, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to apologize for something that I believe is right. Um, and I, he, he definitely looked shocked. Eventually the governor intervenes, the state attorney general, Ken Paxton intervenes. A few of us, you know, we, we, we let those officials know that they had about 10 minutes to do something about this. And it took them about 20, still too long, but they eventually did step in. You were released. The Supreme Court stepped in in your case as well. Where is it at right now? Um, well, my case right now is actually still in the Texas Supreme Court. They can actually, they have the authority to make me serve the other five days. So right now they're just um, hashing out both sides of it and I'm only out um, until they decide. What about the fact that Governor Abbott has come forth and said, hey, nobody signed a decree. No one is can be jailed for violating my emergency order. How does that factor into your case at all? Well, I'm actually, I actually went to jail for contempt of court for not gotcha. apologizing. Good, gotcha. Yeah. So it's not really the ordinance. <sighs> what are you doing now? What's life been like for you the last couple of weeks? Well, we started a, a charitable organization because obviously everyone knows about all the money when I was in jail, all the money that ended up in a GoFundMe account, which is seriously overwhelming to me still. Um, so I wanted to do something good with the money. So I started CourageToStand.com and basically any small business owner or um, anyone that feels like um, they've been put in a situation, you know, by the government, I want to be able to lend them not only my voice, but maybe some, you know, money as well to help pay for their fines if they want to stand up or anything like that. Because I feel like across the country, this is still happening. And especially in these democratic states, it's crazy what these governors feel like they're allowed to do. I understand you visited, you visited my old home state of Michigan recently when the salon owners decided to protest against governor Whitmer. Tell us about that experience. We went and met Carl Mankey, and he is the sweetest man. And I mean, has really nothing to lose. At He's the Owasso barber old. that has said, I'm not shutting down anymore, by the way, for our audience. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, and so we just met and we held a, a, a pretty good pe press conference out there and kind of voicing um, our thoughts and, and what we thought other Michiganers should do out there to help themselves. But what was crazy is our um, rally was set up for 3 p.m., which it was public. Um, and I heard that um, Gretchen Whitmer um, was supposed to do her, um, I don't know, her press release at like 2.30 and she moved it up to 1.30 and opened up a tiny piece of the northern part of Michigan, which I guess she didn't want to do that after our rally to look make it look like we were part of that. But I really feel like we were part of her giving something. Hmm. You know, I was just down in your county uh, last week. Uh, our Blaze uh, corporate offices, studio, main studios are down there. I was down there visiting. Um, went to a, a restaurant you're probably familiar with down there, the ranch there in that, in that area, you familiar with that steakhouse there mm -hmm. and yeah. you'd have never known other than the fact our server was wearing gloves. You would have never known that just a couple of weeks ago, you were, um, you were, you were human contraband for daring to open a salon. I mean, just going around town, going out to eat, going out to sports bars. I mean, there were fewer people there, 
But other than there being fewer people there, there were no signs that this was going on in your community just a couple of weeks ago. Do you think maybe it just needed somebody like you to, to kind of be the first one to say enough of this? Um, I mean, a lot of people say that, and I don't know if that's true, but um, I know that a lot of people open their businesses because of what I did, because they contacted me saying, you gave me the courage to open my business, um, especially in Texas, because George Bush, I mean, uh, George, Governor Abbott, excuse me, um, made it retroactive that you cannot be jailed. So I think that's what a lot of the business owners were scared of is being jailed. Um, but if it's, you know, minor things, you know, tickets or citations or whatever, we'll just pay them. It's worth it. Tell us again about the, the charity that you started with the money that uh, people poured in to support you one more time before we let you go, Shelley. It's courage to stand.com. And a couple of the things that we did, we went to Laredo and actually helped those two ladies that were um, arrested. They were pulled out of their beds in the middle of the night with their kids screaming or one of the girl with their kids screaming um, ridiculous um, for she was doing nails in her house. Um, we also gave away um, over $18,000 to at a barbershop in South Dallas. Um, we gave a scholarship to a guy um, that was actually homeless living in his car. And so now he could become his own entrepreneur and start his own business and not have a boss. Um, and so those are the things that we, we wanna do and help people that are kind of in a situation. And um, I feel for them, honestly, I wouldn't want anybody to be in the situation I was in before all this happened. God bless you, uh, Shelly. What you did, you know, Every, every great reform movement in this country's history, every great one has begun with somebody standing up and saying one simple word, no. Too often when they lean on us, they push on us, our answer is always yes. After a bunch of hemming and hawing, you actually had the courage to stand, to borrow a phrase, uh, and stand up there and say no. And uh, I, I, on, on behalf of our show and our viewers and listeners all over the country, thank you for what you did. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You bet. God bless. Take care. Bye. Your thoughts on that conversation, man. Can she still hear us? Uh, she just hang, hung okay. up. Okay. Well, I, I want to speak directly at Shelly. I know from personal experience, it, 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 this is regarding what Steve is talking about. It, it's not just one time of saying no. It's impressive that she did it to open up her business. But even more impressive, when uh, we've talked about it on the show before, when back in the day when I got uh, arrested as a reporter, the leverage they keep turning the screws on you over and over again. When she was in that courtroom, that's the really impressive one. When you're standing there with the judge, uh, you know, just pushing down on you, you're in that environment now. It's jail is a real possibility. It, mm -hmm. it happened. It was it was for me as well. I ultimately didn't have to, but to in that moment to say no. God bless you, Shelley, for that. And how dare any of you to sit? If you're inspired by her message, when your moment comes to not do the same. I, I it, it's not about being inspired. It's about what Steve says. It's about being a nation of will. What are you prepared to do? You must take this country back. You must. If she has any meaning to you. We're going to come back, play our weekly game of fake news or not. Plus a pop culture Tuesday on a barstool sports viral video that four years later is American prophecy. We'll discuss that and more with Hour 2 here next. Stay tuned.
And we're back with Hour 2 live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Todders and Aaron McIntyre are here with me as well. If you'd like to join us, Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email the program. That's D-E-A-C-E. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. That's D-E-A-C-E. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Also, don't forget, if you like the show and you haven't done so yet, heck, even if you already have, do it again. Let's keep those five-star reviews coming wherever you choose to podcast from because the more of those we get, the more likely we are to get to continue to do this show because they help the show grow, the algorithms like them. I I don't know. I'm just telling you what I'm told to tell you, all right? So keep those five-star reviews coming if for no other reason. Aaron, as you know, has low self-esteem and he needs all the encouragement that he can get. All right. That was Thank you. way too accurate, Steve. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you to the thousands of you that have left us one of those five-star reviews already. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Pop Culture Tuesday on a four-year-old video that is American prophecy. It, it is, it's exactly where we're at as a people right now. We'll discuss that with Pop Culture Tuesday. But let's get to fake news or not brought to you by Home Title Lock. When your life is in chaos, your home is your safe haven, your most important asset. But do you truly own it? Don't be so sure. Imagine getting evicted for non-payment of a loan on your home that you never took out. This happened to Deborah, and it's happening everywhere. It's called home title theft, and the FBI calls it one of the fastest growing crime waves in the country, which is why I urge you to get home title lock, because your home's legal title is kept online, and thieves know this, so they'll forge your signature on your home's title, and that's it. They legally own your home, and they'll take loans out on it. Your bank doesn't cover you when this happens. Neither does your insurance. The only way I know of to avoid the nightmare of a possible eviction from your own home is with Home Title Lock. So go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim. At HomeTitleLock.com, use the promo code Steve while you're there, and you'll get 30 free days of protection to help you get through this crisis as well. 30 free days of protection. When you go to HomeTitleLock.com, promo code Steve, at HomeTitleLock.com. Dot com. Let's get to it. Fake news or not, as you know, the typical ground rules are we're only fact-checking the people and platforms that claim to be representing what is left of America. We're not sitting around here most of the time fact-checking the propaganda from the left America. And we begin with one of my personal favorites, my man, Anthony Fauci. Depending upon the dynamics of the infection in the particular state, city, region, county that you're in, we certainly want to, in a cautious way, reopening. We can't stay locked down for such a considerable period of time that you might do irreparable damage and have unintended consequences, including consequences for health. And it's for that reason why the guidelines are being put forth so that the states and the cities can start to re-enter and reopen. I have a sudden, I don't know, maybe it's a coincidence, interest to wonder, what is the typical sentencing for assault and battery? I wonder if it, does it vary state by state? Anyway, let's get back on topic. Fake news or not, Todd, what do you think? You know, you and I were talking on a different matter yesterday. And and it's about somebody 
who promises to never lie to you and in the most absurd sense it can be true because everything in totality is a lie that's pretty much where we are with this guy it's like what am i supposed to do with that I, after everything that he's been said it is i know what i'd like to this do this is it's it's not it's not permissible it's frowned upon in most it, it is societies yeah, yes except like singapore but I, I know what i would like to do yeah there's there's no there's a different game that needs to be played regarding that man and when he speaks it's it's both and it's either or it's i he 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 is the kobayashi maru of fake news or not no i think he's parcel time i mean i I didn't know that he said he has made it accessible now right aaron we can all we can all speak snake now right Yeah. yeah I have like five things that I want to say right now, and I'm trying to condense them all down into one coherent bit. I'll start with this. Uh, do you find it <laughs> you find it interesting uh, that he doesn't do like any cable news appearances for like a week and a half, two weeks? Uh, this was like his first major appearance after after he went to the Senate or uh, appeared in the Senate committee. And said, oh, we can't open up schools. And then subsequently got called out by President Trump. First appearance, first major appearance, at least that I know of, after that. Says, yeah, we got to open up, guys. We got to open up. I I think some, I think it's pretty obvious. And Redfield was out there last week saying, after, you know, after those rumors started circulating that um, that a target was on his back, he started saying, oh, you know what? Uh, States are doing great. We got to start opening up. Uh, Just... Just funny. I'm sure it's quinkadinkle timing uh, that those things happen. Of course, this is fake news. He is the... I'm trying to think of a perfect analogy. He is the herald slash oracle of coronavirus scientism. He's the Larry Flint of coronavirus panic porn. Larry Flint. Yeah, I'm just... I'm thinking more... I don't know. He just comes down from the mountaintop... He says a few mysterious, ambiguous, ah, he's the Nostradamus. There we go. He's the Nostradamus of coronavirus scientism, where you make all of these very vague yet robust predictions, and people can interpret, it, uh, interpret them whichever way they want, play all sides of the issue. He is the, he is the uh, Nostradamus in, in not a good way of, of coronavirus scientism. That's all, of course, fake news. I think I've said more than what needs to be said about this guy. Just this guy man this freaking guy right <sighs> he is he can't be weighed and measured by fake news or not i, I just he, don't he, think he, he can i i think you might be onto something this this is this is a this is galactus destroyer of worlds this is the thanos snap of fake news or not right i mean you got your run of the mill super villains and then there's this how do you quantify what this guy is it's there's that scene in um is it stripes no it's it's not volunteers it, it, it's john candy when he's teaching the, the 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 i think the the foreign service workers that are asian how to play poker and he's totally like oh well you, nor if we were in america three of a kind beats uh, a pair but you know <laughs> since we're here it's the other way around and they're like oh and they just it, it's this it's that absurd. 
You can't believe that he goes on. All the cameras are on him. And he keeps saying the exact opposite as an expert of what he said a couple weeks ago. He, he has literally given... I, it reminds me of what used to be said about Mitt Romney. He feels very strongly about every side or all side of every issue. This guy has given every conceivable side on this from literally nothing to see here to hide your kids, hide your wives because we're coronavirus and everybody up in here. See, and, and at some point he's going to be able to say, I, I, I told you that because he's taken every position. So yeah. he's going to be able to say he was right. And this is what I meant earlier about being depressed when I read the Federalist Papers. Like if we were the people that we should be, he would he would be on trial for something by I, now. I completely agree. But it's not even close to that. And you know it never will be, He'd Steve. have been tarred and feathered or sent to Elba in another era. I agree with you. All right. Let's talk about Biden's apology next. You got more questions. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. Here to discuss, we've got Fox News contributor and Fox Nation host Lawrence Jones. What do you make of uh, Joe Biden's comments and his attempt to walk it back? Yeah, I don't think it was a proper apology. And I'm sorry, you should apologize to black America, not just uh, leaders within the community. But it wasn't even the comments that annoyed me the most. It's the fact that he came to the interview ill-prepared. Remember, he's been running away from Charlemagne and the Breakfast Club for a while. A lot of politicians have rightfully been running away from the Breakfast Club because they don't have any agenda for black America. He came into the interview very condescending, tried to educate uh, uh, Charlemagne on the crime bill. Most people in black America know what happened uh, with the crime bill. Uh, he did not accept responsibility for the crime bill. All right, Aaron, you get to go first this time. What do you think? So I I, uh, I think that's, that's not fake news. I, I'm again, I got to give this disclaimer every time we talk about Joe, Joe Biden's uh, mental capacity. We got to give this d disclaimer. We're not making fun uh, and we're not, you know, it, it is hu humorous in a very macabre way uh, when these gaffes, these things that he says that he that 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 just happen when you're Joe Biden. It is humorous in a macabre way just because the the immensity of the number that, you know, just the, the, the number of these things, just you, you can't help but but laugh. But if you're if you're any any person in the political sphere who's spent their entire career in a party, in a party that only sees factions and voting blocks and groups of people and not individual liberty. And then you and you understand that the game here is to pit these factions against one another. But you also understand that you can't actually say that out loud. And then you start to lose your mental faculty. You, you start saying things like this. Well, of course, we're we got to get the gays. I mean, he could have said that again about, of course, the women. Of course, of course, the women got to You know, if if if, uh, if, if you got to choose between me and, and Trump, you're not a woman. If you got to choose between me and Trump, you're not a gay. You know that he could have said that about any number of people groups. It just. So happens that he said that against uh, about the, uh, you know, the number one voting block of the Democratic Party. So, of course, it's that's not fake news. That's just the uh, he a gaffe when a politician opens his mouth and he, he un unvarnished truth comes out. Yeah, that's how they see. That's how they see their voters. It is inherently condescending. Todd, we think. 
Uh, it's fake news to this extent, and, and notwithstanding uh, the the specific accusations of uh, Lawrence as a, as a black man, but it's fake news. It's not, and I, I'm, I'm echoing a bit of what Aaron said, but it's it's not really. This isn't about race per se, or even Joe Biden losing his fastball. Joe Biden would have said something like this eight years ago. This, I mean, Joe Biden says stuff like this all the but time. Put y'all back in chains. Oh yeah, this 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 is progressivism is cancer. It's not. It's it, it, we keep getting in the funnel and making it about something that uh, unique, a one-off. Explain it away. Now th- this this is just the latest branding of a, a ideology that is fundamentally insane. So you're just going to get insane track after insane track after insane track. This is the back in black of progressive. It's just one more track on a, a no greatest pun intended, of course. Of, yeah, yeah. Um, well said, uh, both of you. Let, let's. Uh, by the way, I, I like Lawrence, but I I still happen to think the 1994 crime bill is one of the finest pieces of truly bipartisan legislation that's occurred in my life. Yeah, that's my point. It's not but, about that legislation even. Yeah. So it, it, that's a distraction from just this overall ide- ideology that's just stupid. Is Donald Trump the best black president? They take African-American voters for granted, but Sandra, President Donald Trump has done more for the African-American community than any president in recent history. Look at what has transpired with the economy. Lower unemployment, higher wages prior to COVID. And these are things that the African-American community has taken note of. Individual freedoms, focus on choice in education. President Donald Trump has a good record with the African-American community. And you're going to see the benefits of that in November. He could potentially get 11% of the... I'm sorry, that, that, that didn't mean to add that editorial comment. Todd, you get to go first this time. What do you think, fake news or not? What exactly is the question that I'm saying fake news about? What Just what she said and there's no... That's up to you. You may interpret it through any filter that uh, you deem worthy. Th- that's going to be fake news if... It's important that what you said about a vote. If the black vote isn't significantly improved in Donald Trump's direction in 2020 that will be fake news that's the measure of it put put in give me a number what what's typically you know I think there's only been a handful of Republicans I think only a couple since the 1964 Civil Rights Act that have even gotten uh, more than 11 or 12 percent in a national election what was the number for Trump the first it was a little it was like a point higher than Romney I want to say it was like 11 percent I think is what he got something like that or maybe it was more nine and a half somewhere between nine and 11 I think well it needs it needs to be 20 percent higher for that okay well I'm not saying what I think is going to happen but but, but for that to be true it's it's not about what it's patronizing to tell listen black America if that's true in your eyes, it doesn't matter what I say or Steve says or the senator says. It's about, it's about what you say. It's a, and especially what you say relative to who the president was before Donald Trump. It doesn't really matter what we think. It's it's your lives, it's your vote. Show us. Aaron, 
I mean, in terms of pre-COVID employment numbers and things of that nature, uh, you could make that argument. But I have no way. I, I don't. I'm not trying to virtue signal here. I don't really know how to determine whether or not that's fake news or not because I'm not black and I live in a predominantly white suburb in the middle of the Midwest. So I don't know. I don't know if I'm necessarily if I can actually give an informed opinion. But if you look at just let's just say just on unemployment and alone, if the numbers that we've gotten pre-COVID were correct, then uh, yeah, in terms of jobs, you can make that case. You can make the case that Marsha Blackburn is making. So. If that's the the standard here, then that's uh, not fake news. Let's get to this next clip. Can you lead from the golf course? Democrats, Joe Biden's campaign has already pulled that video of the president playing golf and and did a campaign ad saying, how dare he play golf when so many people have this virus? He should be focusing on that. And the president said, look, I haven't played golf since the beginning of March and we're trying to open up our country. And I'm trying to send a message that we can do this safely. So, yeah, I mean, um, I think that's a part of how he's done it all along. He's faced criticism for not wearing a mask. He says, I'm the most mm -hmm. tested, protected man in the country. I want to project as strong of an image as possible. People are going out in their lives, going fishing, going golfing, all the things we should have been doing pretty much the entire time because you can do it responsibly. But yeah, leading the way is important. Uh, and certainly the president trying to do that. Just as a quick aside, before I get your reaction to the clip and Aaron, you'll go first this time. I, I don't know if you guys think this, but the whole question about why doesn't Trump wear a mask? He needs to wear a mask. Demanding that Trump wear a mask. Aaron, you might be too young for this. I don't know. But doesn't it strike you as back in 2004, when George W. Bush was running for re-election, why doesn't he apologize? Mistakes remain in Iraq. Why doesn't he apologize? Apologize, yeah. apologize, apologize. Because that, that was, to me, it was a trap. If he apologizes, yeah. then the whole thing, well, then you admit you screwed up your big, and you shouldn't be re-elected, right? And to get him to wear a mask, to, to berate him into doing it, and the symbolism of what that means, it, it's him acknowledging that it's, ultimately it's really not safe to return to normal, and it pits him in direct conflict with his base. It, it just The whole Trump and mask thing strikes me as, why won't Bush apologize from 2004? We're just running it back. Well, it's just a riff on the conversation I think we had early last week if it, about what we would do regarding masks. And so, mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm not opposed to masks per se, but if it's part of some sort of manipulation, hell no. Yeah. Okay. Aaron, your thoughts on this clip. Trump is helping to project that it's time to reopen and safe to reopen by going golfing this weekend. You know what I actually think? And I want to, this is really, really complicated. So I want to try to use all of the skills and talents and abilities that Jesus uh, uh, gave me uh, in communication to communicate this as effectively as I possibly can. So please, uh, Give me grace. I don't know if I'm going to be able to communicate this effectively, but please try to follow along. Here's my theory about what Trump was doing this weekend. You ready for this? He was playing golf. <laughs> There's no, there was no four-dimensional chess. He was just playing golf? Yeah, he was just playing. That, just, that's your view. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was just teeing up and playing golf. So you think basically Fox and Friends came up with a better spin on Trump playing, playing golf than he was uh, he was able to on his own is that kind of what you think? Yeah, I mean, do you do you do you think that uh, if uh, this was happening, I don't know, uh, five years ago, uh, the Chiron would have been saying, uh, you know, Trump leads from the golf course. No, it would have been saying Barack Obama plays golf. Well, the death toll yeah, from coronavirus. The I don't know. I just I don't, hate I, that. I, 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 I hate know. the whole golf thing. Yeah, I don't know what my position is yeah, permitted to be on presidents with golf. I I don't it. know if I'm supposed to be opposed to it the, or. 
or not? I don't know. Playing golf. Do, do we have an internal Blaze memo on what our position is on presidents and golf? Do we know? I don't know. Well, it's it's uh, what uh, two legs, um, four, bad, legs four legs, two legs, legs good. good, two legs bad. On Fox, yeah. I think it is because it, it, this was stupid when Barack Obama was president and they were ripping on him for golf. And hey, he golfs more than George W. Bush. And then it was back then when he, George W. Bush was president. Oh, he golfs too much. The whole go- I, Democrat or Republican, you can spend your entire presidency on the golf course as far as i'm concerned yeah if you're a good president you can you know golf is what it's like the great lebowski when they made uh, that movie they they had an idea for the movie and then they decided we need a sport that you can do where you can drink and smoke and have a lot of conversation huh bowling yeah you can actually golf and be president at the same time in in many respects i don't care just don't suck it that's the bigger problem why and and quite frankly obama in many ways sucked golfing or not golfing and president trump in many ways sucked golfing or not golfing what if he had said up front hey i haven't golfed for the last couple of months hospitalizations are way down we're kicking this thing's ass and it, we got to send a signal like yeah that's, that's i went down to dallas send a signal steve he laid a wreath okay. at arlington earlier right, right. that day Ex- exactly what but but what if he had said that and said, you know what? And, doesn't matter. And after this, I'm going golfing to show it's time to get back to being America. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Yeah. And it also okay. would not have mattered. And here, everybody, conservative, Republican, didn't matter regarding Barack Obama. You just wanted that low-hanging fruit. All right. One last clip, a name you know. This is from Raymond Arroyo talking about what Americans will trade for their liberty. In 1775, when George Washington and our founding fathers were struggling for independence in Boston, there was a smallpox outbreak. People forget about this. He had his his army was threatened. All of Boston was infected with this horrible contagion. Here's what he did. He quarantined the soldiers and the Boston locals who were infected and they moved forward with the siege of Boston. So he was fighting two enemies. And it reminded me of John Adams, who himself battled smallpox. He wrote this in 1765. Liberty must at all hazards be supported. We have a right to it derived from our maker. And if we had not, our fathers have earned it and bought it for us at the expense of their ease, their estates, their leisure, and their blood. Today, we're willing to trade that liberty, Steve, I worry, for a quickie pizza and a Netflix subscription. Our liberty is more valuable than that. Man, Todd, you take this one first this time. It's Steve Hilton again. He's like the super yeah. rich guy in They're the movie doing America Contact. over there. Yeah. Uh, who's like funds everything and is like, oh, man, he's like... There's a it's like there's a guru thing going on with him, and he's like every time. This is the fourth time. This time somebody else is saying it, but where it's like exactly on the nose. Yeah, of course. This is goes back to my reading of the Federalist Papers. We we aren't that people anymore. It's it's a museum. We we are just like we're when anytime we talk about the Constitution, we're we're not even referencing anything that is even like remotely applicable. Uh, anymore in a way that makes us walk and talk a life that is supposed to be lived every day, not just on July 4th when there's a parade. Of course he's right. What do you think, Karen? Uh, yeah, uh, that's that, that's the most cash money, cash money clip since 
uh, the last maybe Steve Hilton clip. What what is it about that dude uh, with the British accent that they're actually? They I actually think seem, I, I think it has to do with the fact it's just, that it's just it, the British accent. A guy, a guy named a, Steve. Uh, well, there's that. Uh, but <laughs> uh, no, I of course that's of course that's right. I mean, this is this is uh, trading your birthright because of some. Uh, because of some thing that you're just really, really whipped up into a lather about, uh, a virus. We've had viruses for thousands of years. We will have them until Jesus comes back. Um, and yet we seemingly are willing to trade, uh, trade, trade what we have and what we take for granted in America for Netflix and chill. Yeah, that's about the most succinct summation of, of the problem that, that that's just been again demonstrated to us with American uh, with the American people for the last three months. Well done, Arroyo. Do, do you think what we've discovered is just how many Americans live a life that requires independence? Meaning aren't subsidized, own a business, um, the uh, paycheck to paycheck, um, and that ultimately what we learned here is how many Americans really are subsidies and, and their creature comforts are largely sedentary you know, the whole Netflix and chill thing, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. That the reason why churches have been slow to reopen and rebel against this, when in for centuries they were amongst the first institutions to rebel against attempts like this, right. is because without having people show up, I don't have to put up with the hassles of that go along with that. And if you're giving, then I don't have a... Right. If, 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 if giving is still up there, I mean, if, if, let me put it this way. If giving collapsed, if giving was tied to physically being in the church building, would the churches be open right now? Oh, yeah. Everywhere in America, I promise you they would be. Right? You know what I'm trying to say yeah. here? That may be what you're realizing. It was something I saw somebody, I can't remember her name, who is uh, like the national uh, co-chair for Women for Trump, went after Meghan McCain who was trashing the people in the Missouri Ozark beaches and stuff over the weekend and 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 she said to her um, I don't know maybe those are people that can't make millions of dollars talking to dimwits on a, on a Zoom call or on, on Skype right. like you can. Try having a little empathy for people whose livelihoods were threatened and this is the first weekend they were able to right. get out and be Americans again, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That really what we're seeing is just how many Americans it's not even the conditioning but it's just most of their lives are a subsidy and or could be done at home anyway. And so they just weren't threatened by this on a, on a certain level. Oh, I'm, I'm certain of that. We've seen that with conservative, conservative uh, blue check uh, Twitter. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's obnoxious. It's toxic. It, it's, it, we're even more certain. We didn't need coronavirus to know that we really don't have a conservative movement anymore. We definitely don't have one now. There's that, I mean, that's a civil war on top of a, uh, a civil war. 
Aaron, what are your thoughts on that? that? I, I was... Um, because that's of, especially I'm, your generation, no, right? I'm, I was... I kind of tuned out there for a little bit, and then I realized what you were saying, and that's kind of blowing my mind. That succinctly, if I can maybe sum up what you just said succinctly, what we just witnessed over the last couple of months is not because people felt threatened. It's because they did not. They did not. Yes. That is... Most of my life, most ah. of my life is, uh, is online or at home. Most of my life is I just work in between bench watching shows and I, you know what? And if I don't have to go out to eat, then all the pressure of what to wear and everything else, you're just going to bring it right to me. My job either, and there's plenty of private sector jobs, by the way, that you can work from home. And if you can, then maybe you don't ever have to leave your family, whether there's a virus going on or not. Right. But that's a separate conversation. But the amount of Americans that are subsidized right now, we have a majority of Americans right now do not work. Or, or a, the, the, we have the lowest percentage of people employed in the private sector in American history, which means the majority, which means that we have the, the largest amount of jobs that are subsidies, even if they're like cops and soldiers that we need, but those are subsidies. That's why you want limited government because everything the government funds is a subsidy, right? We have the lowest percentage of, 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 of people employed in the private sector ever. Almost all the jobs, these 40 million that have been lost, almost all of them have been in the private sector, not in the public sector. And since the majority of Americans aren't working in the private sector, the majority of Americans are subsidized on some level. And you look at the increase in sedentary lifestyles, it just, it didn't threaten us as much as you we thought. You just described the movie WALL-E. Yeah. Or at least the proto version of that, how you get to something like yes. that eventually, right? Yes. Yeah. All right, we'll come back. A four-year-old video that went viral again over the weekend because it is turned out to be American prophecy. We'll talk about it uh, for Pop Culture Tuesday next. Stay tuned. So here's something you may not know about your dog's food, that dry kibble stuff. There's nothing alive in it. And food like that has to have a long shelf life. So they've taken, just like they do with our food, this is why we're taking so many supplements today. Same thing is true of our pets. All those live cultures, enzymes, probiotics, prebiotics, all gone so that the food will stay fresh longer for the long shelf life and wider distribution. And that's where Rough Greens VitaSmart comes in. Because just like we need supplements, so do our dogs. Now, it's it's not a dog food, but it is a premium dog food supplement. It's a powder that you sprinkle on your pet's food, and it contains massive amounts of vitamins, minerals, digestive enzymes, probiotics, even omega oils and antioxidants that support a healthy skin and coat, improve digestion, give your dog that youthful energy and better mobility as well. And apparently it tastes great. I, I don't know that for a fact, but our dog Cap absolutely loves it. So if you want to take the Rough Greens 14-day Jumpstart Challenge for your pet, it's just $14.95 to give it a shot and see the difference in your dog. If you want to see your dog thrive again, go to roughgreens.com slash blaze. That's roughgreens, R-U-F-F, roughgreens.com slash blaze. That's roughgreens.com slash blaze. We're going to show you a video. And if you're listening on Blaze Radio or podcast, there's some sound, but that's why you need to subscribe to Blaze TV. Because you, you need to see this video to truly understand what is occurring here. This video went viral four years ago. 
Barstool Sports shared it again over the weekend. And I've watched it a few times. I don't believe, because it's Barstool, I don't believe there's any not safe for work language. No, or anything, I right? screened it again before we, okay, good. before we went on. So, All right. This video, folks, I, I can see why Barstool put it back out again. Because this, 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 there's a lot, there's a lot happening here. And even though this, this event occurred four years ago, what's happening here is happening here. If you know what I'm saying, what you're about to watch is American prophecy. Watch this. I do understand. We, we've come a long way to get this. We're right here. I'm sorry. You're not allowed. We're right here. This, this buildup. Just, but we only. No, it's you don't. You don't legal, understand. Legal no, there's no legal ramifications because yes, we're gonna. There is. There's one more try and then we're out. All right, well, you can hey, move. Well, I'm about to go do it right there. There's a. There's. We can call the sheriff. The it's not. Can be right there. I'm about to go right there. Do you want to get hit or not? You can call the police. Bodie, they're being quite belligerent. No, we're. You're using. You're using crazy words. We're not. He's gonna go next. He's gonna go next to it. Right there. He came all the way from Louisiana to do this. Yes, and every if you didn't if you didn't roll down here right this second, we'd be done and out of here, and you wouldn't even know. Let we're me here. get one more try, and I'm going. After we're leaving this, after this try. We're leaving. No, I haven't. I can see blood on your arm. It's, but nobody's nobody's. That's why it's worth it. That's why it's worth so much to us. Will you call the sheriff, please? Or someone here threatening to move our vehicles, and they've got a whole film crew set. Doesn't get off my cart. Not belligerent. Call the sheriff. Help me move please. this bitch. Help me move call this bitch. Call the sheriff. Please. Just go for it. Right next to it. You got this. She's just gonna move it back in front of it or whatever. Come on, Grant, stand the way. Grant, stand the way. I'm going to the side of it. Go. Go to the side of it. I need the sheriff, please. Go to the side of it. Right here. Right here. Yeah, you you want to stand back. You're going to want to stand back. You're going to want to stand back. You're going to want to stand back. He's, he's paddling. He's paddling. That video, <laughs> I I don't know. I don't have a clue. First of all, props to both sides. That might be the most the most long term contentious exchange caught on video in recent American history. They didn't have at least seven f bombs, right? I mean, when was the last time? When was the last time we even nagged each other like that? That aside, that video. Why is it in Pop Culture Tuesday? Because what is Pop Culture Tuesday? The intersection of pop culture and, and conservatism. If you look at what's in that video, it's exactly what is transpiring in this country right now. Right now. On one side, now I, I don't know who these young men are. I, I don't know what their belief system is. I, I don't have a clue. Okay. 
And in some ways, I think that it, that almost makes it better. Because what they're, what they're embodying is the spirit of adventure, desire for achievement that their creator put inside of them. Whether they understand that. Whether they that understand that, uh, you know, could quantify it. I think that's like the third time I've said that word today, by the way. Weird. Um, it, it's irrelevant. They can't. We've talked before in, in this segment, noting how often left-wing movie studios are using our themes to, to tell their best stories. And, 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 and we've often asked why. And I think ultimately the best answer we came up with is. They, they can't run from the ultimate truths of the universe, right? They, they can't run from the deep magic, right? Yeah. You can't escape it. We can, we can come up with all kinds of big words and, 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 and government programs and postmodern imaginings, but ultimately we can't escape the, the code written into the cosmos. We can't get away from it. We, we, aren't, we're, we aren't its authors. God is. We can't, we can't avoid it. And they're embodying that. that, that kind of masculine, uniquely masculine drive. That's, that's what fulfills a manifest destiny. That, that's what says, hey, let's jump on this rickety boat and risk our lives to go to this new world. That, that's what, after slamming down a few pints, says, hey, screw King George. Enough of this. Screw that noise. We're not doing this anymore. That, that's where it comes from. And even people who are imperfect and systemically flawed, when they latch on to that God-given instinct, can build a great country collectively over the course of generations. That's what's taking place on one side of that equation. On the other side of that equation is all spirit of this age. I'm calling the sheriff, in other words, government. Call the government. The government must stop this. Someone is doing something that could not be safe. Government must stop it. The, the, the proto-Karen at the bottom of those stairs, who then attempts to move her cart as if it's, as if it's a, a wheeled mask, to move her cart to a place where the, the, the contagion of their desire for achievement and spirit of adventure could be thwarted from spreading. And yet in the end, nature finds a way anyway. Now, that spirit of the age, though, is, tearing, is what's tearing the country down. The idea that everything has to be safe or could even be made so. As if that's even possible. No, that doesn't mean, hey, we're not handing driver's licenses out to nine-year-olds. Okay, that, that, don't give me a false choice. That doesn't mean there's no place for prudence, man. But in the end, what those young men wanted to do is extraordinarily reckless. So were Lewis and Clark. That was pretty reckless. That's pretty reckless. The Mayflower was pretty reckless. It was pretty reckless. History shows erring on the side of reckless more often than prudence is what gets stuff done. Now, that's not an absolute. We don't always err on the side of reckless. You know, we were talking during the break about our governor here is going to loosen more standards up at the end of the week, right? Yes. And even I, I mean, dude, I have been 
I've been the flipping Paul Revere of coronavirus pushback and scrutiny, right? Yes. Even you heard me say during the last break when you and I were talking about it, I don't know that I'd reopen the casinos if I were governor. Now, if, if, if everything outdoors would all be open at 100%. And if anything, I'd be moving indoor stuff outdoors to get people out there. But hey, who's typically, who, who typically, um, you know, congregates indoors at our casinos? Who's typically there a all day long? A fair number of elderly. Uh, elderly, the, age, the people in the same age group. Wheeling their oxygen tanks yes, around to play the slots. Um, I'd be a little concerned about that. That doesn't mean there's never a place for prudence. But, but prudence in and of itself can't be a state of being. Prudence can only be a check on making sure we're not too reckless. What's happening with this spirit of the age, this idea that we can have perfect outcomes to solutions. We talked about this with the virus in the very beginning. The idea that we could escape our mortality. No, we can't. And there aren't any perfect solutions. Some, we're east of Eden here. Sometimes bad marriages break up. Sometimes good marriages that you thought there's no way that has any shot stay together. Sometimes smart kids flunk tests. And sometimes dumb kids walk in after, after loafing their entire scholastic career and get a 36 on the ACT. I mean, that's the reality of the world in which we live. That's what a fallen world does. So there, there's a place for prudence. But it cannot be given preeminence. And, and at the heart of progressivism is the idea that prudence, as defined by the people like them, they get to define what is, what is prudent and what is not. They get to. It's their definition. And it is then, it is the, it is then therefore prudent for, to allow them to impose that on everybody else. You don't settle the frontier that way. You don't beat the Nazis and Japs that way. You know, you beat, you know, you beat the Nazis and Japs. Nimitz decides to listen to one code breaker against the entire Pentagon. Takes a chance. Reckless. Takes a chance. Ends up being the battle that turned the entire Pacific theater. Took a chance. And there can be no chance taking. And at the heart of why there's no chance taking, it's because progressives, for all their talk, that they believe human nature is basically good really only believe that their basic nature is good. That they have a knowledge you don't have. They have an expertise you don't have. And so they can be like God and you can be like their subjects if you know what's best for you. What do you guys think, what do you guys think of that video? Well, the audio is incredibly important. It's a, it's a mini civics debate she's sitting there caring about the liability the liability and uh says something about blood and he's like but that's why we do it you know you don't it's not your job i this we don't hold anybody liable for this uh we're not here to blame or indict anybody by our actions we're just here to live now there's this and this is important because there's a lot of conservatives uh conservative christians out there who who their sense of self-righteousness is very much in line with her uh 
and not those guys. Uh, they believe it's their job to drive in the left lane at the exact speed limit and make sure nobody's going any faster. Well, if it's, if it's uh, you know, they wouldn't get any trouble if they would just follow the law. I mean, they, they are Barney Fife's to their end. They, they would arrest people uh, without batting an eye, uh, you know, for jaywalking on a regular basis. If, if these guys had been reckless in that there were all kinds of people around there mm-hmm. and they and they were doing that it right. was if it was putting anybody else in danger we'd have a different conversation there's that was a ghost town i don't know when it was where it was uh i also love the fact that they said we drove i don't we drove from louisiana i mean the sense of purpose this these these aren't just slack jawed ne'er-do-wells at least in this moment they, this was their mount everest they were, they were going to the moon we had a sense of purpose dear God, go to your average public high school these days. You you'd kill for that sense of purpose mm. from a lot of people. This is and it's a is tackle football, fine. This is their tackle football as well. That's not everybody's taste. It doesn't it, this is their rite of passage. I swear Steve and I know this, and it was allowed. It wasn't probably even if Aaron was going to public school, it wasn't allowed. And I think you referenced this, and we're not allowed to say it on but when we went out for recess in grade school in middle school we played a version of a football game that you you just could not wait you were sitting in your rows you were learning you understood it was important you but you had to go out and you had to prove yourself in that crucible and i was this is me talking i was always one of the smallest kids but i thought like nope you never ever you know you're mm-hmm. never going to lay down you're going to hit as hard as you get hit it's it's that important if you don't understand that about young men whether you're a mom or a dad wearing your skinny jeans you understand nothing this this should be required viewing for americanism 101 all of this on the other side of uh, uh, of the divide of the of the of the bikers of the the, the trick bikers in that uh, video the, the karening if you will all of that all of it is done in the name of safety all of the virtue signaling all of that it's always rooted somehow some way well it's just not safe it's not safe um your car you're safer when your car is in your garage when you're sitting in your car in your garage. That's not what your car is made for, though. It's safer when, uh, let's say you have a boat that's sitting uh, in the marina. You're safer then, but that's not what the boat is made for. Mm. You're safer when you're sitting in your basement all of the time, never leaving, never going outside. You're safer, maybe, there, uh, aside from the fact that your immune system, you're killing your body, uh, is, you know, it's, it's going to trash. You're, you're safer there, physically, from the most part, than you are outside. But that's not what you're made for. It's not what you're made for. And at the end of the day, it is the contradiction, it is the antipathy of what we were made for. To say, you can't do this, you should not do this, you should not do that, you cannot do that because it's not safe. That is the antithesis of how we were made. We were made, especially men, we were made to take risks. We were made to do something more than just sit and twiddle our thumbs and Netflix and chill. The spirit of those men we commemorate on Memorial Day. Where does that spirit come from to storm Normandy, Iwo Jima? 
it's in those boys with those bikes. That's where it comes yeah. from. John three seventeen. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.